0: father we look to you as the gift giver the one who gave your son to be that sacrifice and lord we've lifted your name on high because you not only deserve it lord you are the only one the holy one the other one the one not not like unto any other you are god and as your people we come together To praise you in these songs, these words that lift you. But we thank you most of all this morning for for that sacrifice, Jesus Christ, your son, your only son, who gave his life for us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. So Mike didn't tell you that he and Clow rolled in about 1 o'clock this morning. They were at the FEC conference. FEC is the Fellowship of Evangelical Christians. And every year, Mike or Tim or someone or a combination thereof. In fact, I went the first year before you got here with Tim and Mike. No, Tim and Pam and my wife went. And my wife knew this. I didn't. We were flying together. And Pam was eating crackers. And my wife knew it, but I didn't. She was pregnant with Talia, so it was pretty cool. Well, not for her, because it was really a first-time experience, but it was cool because Talia came forth eventually. So so thanks for showing up and doing announcements, because I'm not good with announcements. I want to talk to you this morning about being whole. W-H-O-L-E. Kind of a play on words. A few weeks ago, Mike spoke on be holy. The two go together, and I hope you see that this morning. Now, next week, we're going to talk about the panorama of sanctification, but this week, we want to talk about the priority of sanctification. Sanctification, remember, is the process of becoming holy. And in that process, as you'll see today, we become holy whole. So let's turn to 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 23 and 24. This is the end of the book. I'm skipping to the end on purpose. There are a lot of other admonitions that will come in the next couple weeks from Tim and Mike, but I'm going to skip down to these two verses. Now, may may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Just two verses. How am I going to take a half hour to do two verses? Well, you'll see. I'm going to go a little other direction than these two verses. But as we talk about sanctification, as we talk about becoming holy, I want you to know that when God designed his plan for your life, it wasn't dependent on you being perfect. Your mistakes are not a surprise to him. That's why he sent Jesus, because of our mistakes, our sins, our flubs, our flaws, everything we messed up. Sanctification is what Paul is talking about in these last two verses that we read is God's purpose for us. Remember back in chapter four, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. And then it said, abstain from sexual immorality. So in chapter four, Paul is dealing narrowly with sanctification in terms of sexual immorality. And Mike spoke on that. What I'm going to suggest to you this morning is that sanctification is comprehensive, and we're going to get to that. But before we get to that, let's get to the need. I've been reading a book that Mike suggested a few years ago, Union with Christ by Rankin Wilborn, and I found this part of it that I reread, and I think it fits for this morning. It's called Living in the Gap. Now bear with me, I'm just reading a paragraph, but see if you fit with this. What was wrong with me? Why wasn't the gospel doing its deep work in my heart? The gap loomed large between what the gospel said was true of me, I'm forgiven, accepted, and secure, and how I saw myself. There was this chasm between what I said I believed and what I was experiencing. I felt discouraged by my lack of spiritual progress and exhausted by my efforts. I had seen enough of Jesus to spoil my enjoyment of the world, but not enough to be content with Jesus alone. And I didn't know how to move forward. I became frustrated, then cynical. Ever been there? I wondered if other people were reading the same Bible and sensed the same disconnect. I felt alone. I felt like a fraud. You may find it odd then that a few years later, God called me to be a pastor. This question of how to close the gap between our faith and our real lives remains one of which I'm always mindful. How can we connect the grand, high promises of God to the gritty details of our daily lives? How can we get the beautiful truths we hear on Sunday to sustain us on Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m.? So we don't rise and fall like inflatable Gumby men. Some of you know what Gumby men are. Do you ever feel like that? Yeah, that's what he's talking about. Spiritually. I'm writing this book to answer those questions. Because I've learned I'm not the only one who asks them. I love that portion. Union with Christ, Rankin, Wilborn. I posted that on our Facebook page if, if you want to look at it. So, it's July, and we're going to have Christmas in July. Yeah. I did not, nor will I ever claim to have wrapped such a beautiful wrapping. My wife did that, okay? Salvation is a gift, and what I want to do is put sanctification in some kind of framework in the next couple of minutes. I want to talk about justification and sanctification and glorification. Mike hinted at that back on that message, be holy. And I want to just draw it out just a little bit so that you see the context, especially if you're a new believer and you're just wondering these words, justification, sanctification, what are they? What do they mean? So let's take this package. Remember Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. Justification is the first part of the process. When you make a decision to follow Jesus, you believe that he died on the cross for you. Homemade maiden cross. going to put it on ebay tomorrow morning no no just kidding without the cross there is no gift the cross enables god to look past our sins and to see jesus his son for he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of god in him That's the word justification. They're actually the same word. Dikaiasune. Justification. Righteousness. God looks at us as if we're right. That's where we get started. And then, imagine, this is the gift. And on this side, we have sanctification. And I'll call it positional sanctification. It's perfect, isn't it? Well, nothing's perfect on this side of glory, but... This is as perfect as it's going to get, and it represents something that's perfect. You and I are perfect. I look at myself and say, no. But yes, because Jesus, with, the, with that song we were singing, God is fighting for us. And so when he sees Jesus, he sees us as perfect. So Hebrews uh, 10, verses 9 through 14. Two kinds of sanctification. Hang with me here. I've never held a package and turned the pages of my Bible, so you know, can teach you old dog new tricks. I got it. Verse 9. He does away with the first in order to establish the second, and by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Once for all, we're made beautiful. God sanctifies. almost like justification and sanctification are the same, doesn't it? Are you thinking that? It's almost. We are positionally sanctified. But I'm going to give you the other, and my wife's not going to like this, but she knows I was going to do it. I'm going to give you the other part of sanctification. It's got holes in it. I'll make one more. No, I won't. (laughs) You get the point. This is what some call progressive sanctification. I'll call it practical uh, sanctification. It's a little messy. It's the gap that rankin Wilborn was talking about. We are this, and yet we live this, and that's okay. That's progressive or practical sanctification, and it happens day to day to day to day. We're going to talk about that. And then the bow. She said, don't put it on your head, but I'm going to put it there. Represents a crown. I was going to go to, yeah, Burger King. Get one of those crowns, but I thought that would be disservice to God. God's going to give us a crown, hopefully. Hopefully. But glorification is all about Him separating us from sin, taking us into His presence, and being with Him forever. So, salvation is a gift, it's really a package deal. Without this, there is no salvation. That's the breath. Sanctification is right in the middle. Now, if object lessons don't, you know, turn you on, I got a diagram, so bear with me. Short little diagram, take me two minutes. You see that back there? Just a little dot. And I'll put a J, and that's justification. Am I too close to here, Cloud? Okay. Point in time. Justification is that point in which we say yes to Jesus. Sanctification. That's being made holy on a regular basis, day to day. And we'll talk about that in two minutes. Glorification forever and ever and ever with God. Justification uh, saves us from the penalty of sin. I didn't read Romans 5, Romans 8. But Romans 8, 1 says... There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we don't get the penalty of sin because Jesus took it for us. Sanctification is being delivered, saved from the power of sin on a daily basis. Two steps forward, three steps backward. Three steps forward, two steps backward. But it's a direction also. And lastly... Glorification saves us from the presence of sin. Does that help? Do you hear me? Does, it, does that help? Yes? No? Good? Amanda? All right, good. All right, so let's move to talking about sa- sanctification. And the first point I want to make about sanctification is it's comprehensive. Paul in chapter 4 narrows it to sexual immorality, but it's comprehensive. This is a comprehensive high school. I teach here. I love it. I have an old truck. Well, I used to. Gave it up this winter. 300,000 miles. Chevy, right? Then I bought a Ford. Oh, you're going to hate me. <laughs> Tim wanted me to buy a, a Tundra, but I just, you know, anyway. 300,000 miles, and we have a tech department where they kept my truck running, literally. Even painted it side by side. It was that year that Chevy had paint peeling, so the paint peeled off, so I had to get all of it. Also have a friend who is part of the culinary arts department here, and we get to eat every once in a while. Uh, Not for free, but it's good, good vittles. Excellent vittles. Talk to the graphics department. They know so much. And this is a comprehensive high school. It's broad. It's not just reading, writing, arithmetic. It's forestry. It's lots of things. And that's what sanctification is. Comprehensive. We're going to see that in the text. Paul says, and if you're uh, following in your Bibles, just turn back to 2 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is comprehensive. It's all in. It covers all. God is in it and through it and with it, and so are we. It includes him, it includes us, and it includes each other. Next week, when we talk about the panorama of sanctification, we'll talk about each other, but we want to talk about God here. Now may the God of peace himself, I love this. I studied Greek 40 years ago, and Greek sometimes helps and sometimes doesn't. But in this case, it helped. The first word in the Greek text is himself. I like the NIV here. Now may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. That's the NIV. Some of you have the NIV himself the god who made the heavens last night i was looking out and just just seeing the heavens and, and all of the galaxies that we can't see and the whole universe that god made and he made you and i and he made the colors of all the flowers that we see at this time of the year god is unbelievable and that god who created is interested in you and i paul says and the Holy Spirit directed Himself, God Himself, is involved in our sanctification. Now, notice it also says completely. That's the whole. May God. Sorry. May God sanctify you completely. Obsessive-compulsive there, sorry. All together. Now, is that going to happen? In your lifetime? This is the ideal, isn't it? John says, if we say that we don't have sin, we're liars. So every day we seem to sin. But Paul's looking at the ideal, isn't he? Right? TB12, red shirt, went to practice the other day, doing the same thing he's been doing for 25 years. He and Bill probably talked, and what are they talking about? They're talking about the ideal, aren't they? Let's win a seventh ring. Are they going to practice saying, "Eh, maybe, maybe not? I'd love to hear those conversations, wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be cool? They would never let us hear those. But what they're saying is, we're marching. We're marching forward. What is he, 41 or 42? 41. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, Tom Brady, I mean, you, you got to know him, right? What are they looking for? They're looking for the ideal, and that's what Paul's looking for here. May God sanctify you completely. Sanctification is comprehensive. We lower the bar too much. Me lowers the bar too much, and we think, ah, it's too hard. Man, I'm in a funk. Ah, I don't know if sanctification's for me right now. Let me just dribble through this funk. Or maybe you have a sin that just seems to linger. You just can't conquer it, and you kind of just give up. God is involved in your life. And the important thing in terms of sanctification is looking at the long view. That's how God looks at it, all right? And that's why Paul prays this right here. So holy, completely. A lot of people talk about happiness and being healthy. I think without being holy, you can't have the other two. Truly, when you think about it, they all go together. Paul also is holistic here and says, I want you to be sanctified in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. See how comprehensive he is? He's talking generally, so we're not talking specifics here. But let's think about those specifics. What is the spirit? What is the soul? What is the body? Well, we know what the body is. And Paul in Romans 6 says, don't give your, the members of your body, your hands, your feet, your eyes, whatever it is, over to unrighteousness. Don't be a slave to sin. What, what does he say in Romans uh, 12 or 13? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make n- no provision in regards to the flesh and its lust. And it it isn't just sexual lust there. It's desires. That's the word. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's saying... Body, soul, and spirit. First of all, body. Let's go to soul. What's the difference between soul and spirit? I want to tell you, I don't know. I mean, I've been studying it for like uh, probably years, but the last couple of weeks I've been studying, and it's hard to discern because it's used so interchangeably. But let's just say this, and I was thinking about this in terms of how do I apply this t- to Tom McGarvey? How do I apply this text to me? And I thought of this soul. Soul seems to hint of emotion. The Greek word is suke, psychology. It, It has to do with the feelings and all the things that are going on in the mind. And I don't know about you, but sometimes my emotions are not sanctified. Can you relate? Sometimes that anger rages, and not usually, but sometimes. And sometimes... I get to thinking things, letting my emotions make me think those things, and then I judge people. Did you ever do that? You don't judge anyone. No, no. Remember that message on comparing a few years ago? You don't remember it, but I do. And I said, the comparison is such a danger. When we think about sanctification, my brothers and sisters, no comparison, no judging. We are all just weak and limping by. Agree? How many of you agree? Almost all of you. All right. That's good. And so God wants our emotions to be sanctified. And then spirit. And I think this is kind of like a horse can have spirit, right? They have to break their spirit because they're kind of wild. But... Spirit is, is that, Luther called it, the highest part of, of uh, humankind. And I think it deals with just all of the inner machinations of our mind. Now, emotions are part of that, so that's why I can't separate soul and spirit. But I did, but not really. But spirit is that which we feel strongly, and it's what leads us, and it's also what encourages us. I'm going to ask you a question. Every one of you need to answer this question. How do you know if you're saved? How do you know if God has saved you? And Paul answers that question because there are lots of ways to know. One way is if you're being sanctified, if you see God working in you. But Paul also says in Romans 8, he says, the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So there's a oneness that we have with the Spirit. Now, you can deceive yourself, can't you? Because if you think that and then go and live a life of, you know, fornication and thievery and lying and all the rest, hmm. Now, last week Mike talked about Stepping on toes. I'm stepping on toes here, right? I'm stepping on my own toes. How do you know you're saved? There are four, five, six different ways. You love the brethren? That's one sign. There are lots of other signs. But one of them is knowing that God is working in you. Sanctification is comprehensive. It's God working in us. Each and every day, it covers all of our lives, body, soul, and spirit, and none of us are off the hook if we're Christ followers. All right, second point, and I only have two today. One, sanctification is comprehensive, and two, we can have confidence in our sanctification. Look what Paul says. He who calls you is faithful, and he will surely do it. And this morning, more than all else, I want to encourage you. God is in charge of this. He's watching over it. He's in it and through it and with it. And it says here, he's so faithful, he's going to bring it to pass. Now, I hope that encourages you. There are a couple verses that I think of in terms of this. Uh, Do you remember Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10? If you haven't memorized it, if you're a Christ follower for a year or two or three, you should memorize it. For we have been saved by grace, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, lest anyone should boast. And then, you know what it says in verse 10? For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his masterpiece. We are his great poem. He is writing through our lives. And I want to tell you this, folks his reputation is at stake. Remember Psalm 23? Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. You know what else? He restores my soul. So this morning, if in terms of sanctification, you've gone three steps backward, he's after restoring your soul. He's after. His heart is after you. You need to be after him. For we are his workmanship, his poem. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's sanctification. doesn't say the word there, but that's what it is. Another verse that assures us of the confidence that we can have. Philippians 1, 6. Can anyone quote it? Go ahead, Julie. Nice and loud with that soft voice. Anyone hear that? I'm deaf, so I didn't. Sorry, Julie. For I am confident in this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. That's a promise. God is in it. He is the one accomplishing things. And then Philippians 2, 12, 13. Work out your own salvation. That's being sanctified. For it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work after his good pleasure. Sanctification is the pleasure of God, people. Being holy is what God wants us. And in being holy, we become whole. Did you ever sin? Don't answer. What's the feeling like? Depends on the sin, doesn't it? Sometimes it's a smaller one, although there are no small sins because there's no small God. But sometimes it's, you know, boop, over and done with. Lord, sorry. And sometimes it's not so small. And what do you feel? Sometimes dirty, sometimes shame, sometimes guilt, sometimes deep, deep pain, right? It could have been a sin years and years ago, and And the healing hasn't fully come. You've experienced that, right? God's after all of that. He's after all of that. But sin is debilitating, and sin makes us not whole. That's why God spends the first two chapters of the Bible talking about Eden. He said it was good, and he said it was very good. And Adam looked at Eve and said, whoa, man. Did you get that? Woman. Uh, That's the only thing I got in my repertoire, so, you know. And they had innocence. And they had a love for God. It says they walked in the garden. God walked with them. That's what God wants for us. That's wholeness. Sanctification is just the process. That gets us to that. Following Christ is not just about a decision. It's about discipleship. That discipleship is based on a decision but made up of thousands and thousands and probably millions and millions of decisions that come after that. A lifetime of decisions. A whole series of decisions. Sanctification is living out those decisions in obedience, making sure we are always headed in that same direction. It's a gift from God. It's grace. So, my prayer for you this week is that that grace would find you wherever you are. Perhaps you don't even know Him you don't know what sanctification means or are even interested in it because you haven't got to that first point, that can happen today. That first point just says, yes, Jesus, I accept your gift, the gift of your son, the gift of the cross, the gift of your sacrifice for my life. You need to talk about that. Mike's here, I'm here others are here. We'd love to chat with you. For the rest of us who are Christ's followers, His grace can find us. It's enough for the whole wide world and it's certainly enough for you and enough for me. So as you muddle through this week, ask God the same thing that Paul asked for the people at Thessalonica. Ask it for each other. Pray this for each other. Some of you know me and you know my flaws. Pray it for me. We all need that. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely bring it to pass. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Have a great week.